The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Now more than ever, you should consider trip insurance for any kind of trip you take, not just cruises. Get a free quote at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Happy to have you here. A review of MSC Virtuosa today. So it was actually the very first cruise ship to sail from the UK. In over 14 months, and Dave Monk stops by to talk about his sailing, what the protocols were like, and everything that we want to know about cruising in this crazy time. Sherry Laskin is here with Cruise News. A quick reminder, Cruise Radio News Briefs, Monday through Friday, either on the YouTube channel or just opposite of this channel where you're listening to the show, just type in Cruise Radio News. All right, Sherry Laskin is here with Cruise News. Hello, Sherry. Hi, Doug. So permission to cruise. Right. So according to the CDC, if vaccination of 98% of crew members and 95% of paying guests cannot be achieved, then test cruises are permitted. So earlier this week, because Royal Caribbean carries families with unvaccinated younger kids, the CDC gave Royal Caribbean permission to begin test sailings from Miami using volunteer passengers. The first test cruise will happen with Freedom of the Seas from Port Miami on June 20th through the 22nd. And even for test cruises, Royal Caribbean will require all passengers over the age of 16 to present proof of vaccination to board the ship. Then beginning August 1st, that will extend to all passengers 12 years and older. Those with medical or religious reasons for not getting the vaccine will be exempt. But there's still one more hoop to jump through, and that's the new Florida law that prohibits businesses, including cruise lines, from requiring proof of vaccination. However, the state of Florida and the CDC have been in mediation over this issue, and hopefully a decision will be reached soon. And there's also been a little bit of optimism in the air from the cruise line executives. Yes, and that comes mainly from Royal Caribbean Group CEO Richard Fain. He's been cheerleading for the return to cruising for several months and finally has shared what he thinks will be a near return to what we remember. Fain said that Royal Caribbean Group Celebrity Cruises and Silver Sea Brands will resume cruising because they can reach the 98% of crew members and 95 paying guests being fully vaccinated. According to Fain, on sailings with vaccinated passengers and crew, masks will not be required, and there could be some areas on the ships where social distancing will be required, but with lower occupancy, that just may not be necessary. Very good. And we've been talking about this one for the past few weeks, and we have some uh, positive movement here. The Alaska bill that was on Capitol Hill has passed. Yeah. So on Monday, the Alaska Tourism Restoration Act was signed by President Biden and immediately went into effect. 
Passed by the U.S. Senate and House earlier this month, the bill allows ships from Washington state to bypass the required stop in Canada until either Canada lifts the restrictions or March 31st of 2022. But just because the bill passed both the Senate and the House and signed by the president, it doesn't give the green light for ships to cruise to Alaska. Final approval from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention has not yet been given. However, all of the Alaska-bound cruise lines have been in conversation with the CDC and expect to get approval to begin their northbound voyages at the end of July. And on that news, a cavalcade of cruise lines intend to sail Alaska this summer. They are. So in anticipation of a late summer Alaska season, cruise lines are getting their ships ready to shove off from Seattle. All our seven-night inside passage cruises, meaning no cross-gulf cruises to Seward or Whittier. But here's what we know so far. Royal Caribbean Serenade of the Seas leaves on July 19th with Ovation of the Seas on August 13th. Celebrity Cruises Summit is scheduled to depart from Seattle on July 23rd. Over at Carnival Corp, there's Holland America's New Amsterdam with a July 24th departure, Majestic Princess on July 25th, and Carnival Miracle departing on July 27th. And finally, Norwegian Bliss heads up to Alaska on August 7th. And as we keep saying, all is still dependent upon approval from the CDC. Yes, dependent on the CDC. And on that, Carnival has outlined its Alaska cruise protocols from Seattle to Southeast Alaska. Yep. So Carnival Cruise Line announced more details on its upcoming Seattle to Alaska cruises that are set to begin on July 27th aboard Carnival Miracle. These Alaska sailings are only available to those passengers who have received their final dose of the vaccine at least 14 days prior to the beginning of the cruise. Carnival will also require proof of vaccination. Children who are eligible for vaccines will also need to show proof of vaccination. Guests who arrive at check-in without proper proof will be denied boarding and no refund will be issued. It has not yet been announced if masks will be required. There will be seven seven-night cruises and they include stops in Juneau, Skagway and Ketchikan, plus scenic cruising through Tracy Arm Fjord and with the passage of the Alaska Tourism Restoration Act that removes that required port call in Canada, two extra hours will be spent in Ketchikan. Sherry, I think things are finally starting to turn. It has. So, is, uh, and, you know, it's and we say this every week, we're starting to get excited. But yeah. now we actually really are starting to get excited because there's dates that are being set. Heck yeah. Cruise book next month, looking at Alaska in probably late July. I am so stoked. So Viking, they're gearing up for a summer restart. Yeah, Viking announced that a third ship, Viking Star, will begin sailing this summer in the Med. The Viking Star itinerary begins with an overnight in Valletta, Malta, before heading off to Sicily, and then over in Spain, and it will include uh, Messina, Naples, Civitavecchia, which is the port for Rome. It's about 45 minutes to an hour away. Livorno, where you leave the ship to go to Florence. Uh, Genoa, which you can get to Portofino. And, of course, Barcelona. Sister ships Viking Sea and Venus will also be sailing the Med this summer with departures from Malta. And they'll head over to the Greek islands in their itineraries. Vikings welcome back cruises, which is what they're calling them, are available only to fully vaccinated passengers. 
In Nassau is sure getting a lot of love this summer. It looks like another cruise line has extended Bahamas sailing due to an overwhelming response. Yeah, it was overwhelming. Crystal Cruises will keep Crystal Serenity in the Bahamas by extending their all Bahamian island cruises through mid-November. The 1,064 passenger Serenity departs from Nassau on Saturdays and then from Bimini on Sundays for seven days of cruising. That includes a stop at Spanish Wells on the tiny island of St. George's Key just off the coast of Eleuthera. All guests on Crystal's Bahamas series must be at least 18 years old and are required to be fully vaccinated at least two weeks prior to travel before being allowed on board. No testing for COVID will be done upon arrival into the Bahamas, as was originally stated. Yeah, they uh, they dropped that about a month ago. The Bahamas did for their yeah yeah. So, um, so last talking point here. This was announced uh, earlier on Wednesday morning. Norwegian has detailed its 2021 restart for U.S. cruises. Yeah, they're being a little more um, cautious, I think, but they've announced a total of ten ships that will start to sail again, and seven of those will be from U.S. ports. Three ships will have departures from Panama City, Hong Kong, Australia, and New Zealand. So beginning in October and November, Norwegian Joy, Encore, Escape, and Pearl offer departures from Florida. Norwegian Bliss will cruise from Los Angeles. Breakaway departs from New York for Bermuda cruises, while Pride of America is back to the Hawaiian Island cruises starting in November. Foreign port departures include Norwegian Jewel from Panama City, Norwegian Sun from Hong Kong, and then Norwegian Spirit will offer cruises out of both Sydney, Australia, and Auckland, New Zealand. So far, Norwegian still requires all passengers to be vaccinated on ships sailing from Florida, but as we just said, remember that the final verdict from mediation between the state of Florida and the CDC has not yet been announced. Yeah, and also uh, Regent and Oceana announced some uh, ships as well. So I think Norwegian Cruise Line Holdings has 15 ships uh, in total that they announced on Wednesday. So that's awesome there. Listener question from Nicole in South Carolina. We finally booked an Alaska cruise for late August. What is the weather like in Southeast Alaska at that time of year? Well, hi, Nicole. I'm excited that you're going to go back to Alaska. And, you know, that's really a really good question. So remember that Southeast Alaska comprises most of the Tongass National Forest, and it helps to keep that area, you know, in a fairly temperate climate year round. But however, being a rainforest, that also means it can get pretty drizzly during the summer months. So based on my experience of three Augusts spent in the Southeast, The weather, I was so lucky. The weather was mostly warm in the 70s and more than normal amounts of sunshine. But for packing, I would definitely recommend bringing a waterproof and hooded raincoat and plan to dress, as we always say, plan to dress in layers. You know, and when that wind whips through the inside passage and you get this unexpected gale, it can be pretty chilly on board. You know, you want to go outside to to see what's going on and it can get cold. So basically expect rain, clouds and cool temps, but be prepared for beautiful sunshiny days and 70 plus degrees. And as crazy as that might sound, that's exactly what you can expect. And then just remember, even though it does get warm, when you head into the, the scenic cruising days in the fjords, bring a hat that can't be blown off your head and some gloves too.
You used to live up in uh, what Sitka. And I have, this is funny because I, I was actually talking to one of the security guards on the first floor uh, earlier today, and we were talking about cruising and cruising getting back up and going again. And I was telling her that I'm looking for Alaska in July, and she's like, "Why do you want to go cruise in the cold?" Like, I think there's like this misconception that Alaska is just freezing year round. In Sitka, the winter that I was there. It was the snowiest that it's been in 20 years, and I just figured I brought Chicago's weather with me. <laughs> but, you know, it, after 30-something years in Chicago, Sitka was warm, in my opinion. It, it rarely got below freezing. Um, now, of course, if you go further north, you know, Anchorage and north <laughs> into the heart of Alaska, yeah, it's sub-zero, and your summers are even chilly. Although, you know, when I was in Fairbanks, it was in the 80s, so... It's yeah. so crazy. You just never know. But the Southeast, which is, you know, Ketchikan, Juno, Sitka, Skagway, Haines, Huna, it's temperate. It gets chilly and it gets windy and a lot of horizontal rain in the winter months, but not yeah. nothing I, like what you would normally think, like what your security guard person thought. It just doesn't get that cold. It's funny when they start talking about penguins and polar bears, because I've never seen either of those, especially penguins in Southeast Alaska. <laughs> Certainly not penguins. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We've been talking with Sherry Laskin from CruiseMaven.com. Sherry, thank you so much. Talk to you next week. Thanks, Doug. See you then. You're listening to Cruise Radio, the trusted voice of the cruise industry. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not, not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Top industry stories from around the world and how they'll impact your next vacation every weekday morning on Cruise Radio News. Travel writer Dave Monk just returned from the inaugural sailing of the MSC Virtuosa from Southampton, England. Now, not only was this the very first sailing on a brand new ship, but also the first cruise to sail from the UK in 14 months. How you doing, Dave? Yeah, good, thank you. Yeah, How you doing? Good, man. I haven't seen you. I think the last time I saw you was on the inaugural of, it was a carnival ship in the Mediterranean. I think it was Carnival Horizon in uh, like May or April of 2018. Yeah, it would have been. Yeah, it's crazy. So, so wild. I'm um, very good. Well, let's jump right in here to the MSC Virtuosa. So I want you to go back to that moment when the ship was sailing away and it dawns on you. I'm on a cruise ship for the first time in over 14 months. Like what was going through your head? Oh, it was just marvelous, as you can imagine. I went up on deck just to make sure that we were actually leaving <laughs> land. The weather wasn't great as uh, as it can be in Britain at this time of year, but it was just marvelous to to see the, the mooring lines go and and for us to actually put a bit of sea between us and the land. The first cruise back for me is going to be very emotional. So if you're on my cruise, just be warned. Um, did you experience any of those emotions on your first cruise back? Yes, yes, it was emotional. 
And I also went to my room, uh, had a balcony, and it was just it was just great to see the ocean out before me again. Uh, yeah. All that time that I've been, like you, anticipating that moment mm-hmm. and uh, and writing about when, where, how cruising will return. Yeah. And there I was on, on the first ocean ship out of Britain for over a year, as you say. Obviously, the health and safety protocols are going to vary from line to line. So at what capacity was MSC Virtuosa? And did they require passengers to be vaccinated? No, they don't require that. It was sailing with a thousand passengers, which mm-hmm. is about a fifth of the of the capacity. That's uh, UK government rules at the moment, which might be relaxed next month, depending on on how everything goes. Uh, most of the lines here, as I believe in the US, are requiring passengers to be fully vaccinated. MSC is one of the few not to, but if you've not had both jabs, you are required to give proof of a negative test within 72 hours before boarding. And everyone, whether you've been vaccinated or not, has to have a, uh, a PCR swab test at the port before embarking. So that's the procedure on that front. Social distancing, of course, you must arrive at a terminal at a certain time. Uh, the queues have gaps in them. Everything's done a bit more methodically than, than usual. Mm-hmm. Um, and then wearing masks in the terminal, going on the ship and around the ship, except when you're sitting down eating or drinking which of course on a cruise is is quite a bit of the time yeah. anyway but um it was something that was quite an easy pattern to fall into once once you're used to it over here i know it's some differences with you but over here mask wearing is is quite regular mm-hmm. uh you're used to it in in shops and walking into bars and things like that so walking around the ship with a mask on it just became commonplace really it was nice to be able to remove it when you could, but uh, you just got into routine. And also, MSC have these wristbands uh, they require you to wear all the time. It's a bit, um, a bit like the you know the Princess Ocean Medallion in terms of opening doors and paying for things, but it has the added benefit now uh, that if necessary, they can trace your contacts during the voyage. Anyone mm-hmm. who's been within one and a half metres of you for more than 15 minutes, they can trace back who that was. So in the event of any cases, that's uh, a useful byproduct of the technology. Yeah, I think that's one of the cases that uh, out of the curse comes kind of a blessing, right? There's always a good to a bad, where it's kind of, you know, these companies are having to evolve in case something happens down the road, you know, they'll be ready to go now, you know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And, and this technology, as you know, was coming in anyway, mm-hmm. but uh, this is another use of it. I think some people find it a bit uh, authoritarian. Yeah. But again, you kind of you kind of get just used to wearing it. Uh, a couple of times I would leave my cabin without my wristband or my mask, but, you know, you remember within seconds. Mm-hmm. And the one time I, I got up from a, a buffet table and inadvertently left my mask there and started to walk out. And a member of staff very quickly, you know, firmly but politely said, sir, mask. So, uh, you know, I remembered to do it. Of course, they, you know, insist you wash your hands when you walk into the buffet. The buffet 
is not self-service anymore. Uh, they everything's behind perspex, but you still see the food. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can obviously choose what you want and ask them to plate it. So yeah, there are differences. Uh, it didn't. It, the overall experience of being at sea, hearing live music, seeing live shows, uh, having restaurants and bars within minutes of your cabin, all that experience doesn't change. And and the changes that have had to be made and will hopefully be relaxed within the next few weeks, sure. all being well, you know, it seems a small price to pay to have that experience again. Yeah. And, you know, Dave, over here, at least it's kind of a hot topic issue with the masks, as you were saying. And I'm just curious, like when you are like you walked into one of the main dining rooms and you sat down. So once you sit down, you can remove it until you're done eating. Is that how it works? Yes. Yes, it is. Yes. And then if you're outside, like by the pool or whatever, you're allowed to take it off in the open air. Specifically, it's when you're actually on a sun lounger or whatever. Mm I mean, certainly in normal everyday life here in in the UK now, you don't need to wear a mask outside in the open air. It's more when you're indoors. So I think, you know, people are sensible. But again, it was getting to the extent so much, uh, such a routine of wearing the mask inside that if you popped out to walk along the deck, you didn't even think of taking it off. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't think it was an issue anyway. You know, with so few passengers at the moment and this being the first cruise i think everyone was finding their way a bit yeah there was a reminder after a couple of days on the loudspeaker system only to remove the mask when you're seating eating or drinking mm-hmm. but um of course the thing is if you go into a lounge and you there's a, a group of you and you buy drinks and you're talking you know you talk and and drink alternately so um, you tend to have the masks off. But people are sensible. Uh, we're kind of more used to this, what they call the new reality now. So, sure. you know, you don't do daft things. You don't get up close to people. You don't, you know, we, there was a lot of elbow bumping going on, mm-hmm. <laughs> even among people who know known each other well. And in fact, I actually found it an improvement on handshaking because it was very <laughs> quick. You know, you didn't sit there wondering whether to how long to shake their hand for, whether to embrace them or whatever. So, um, yeah, the vaccination rates over here are very good, as I know they are in the States. So people are a bit more relaxed now. I, MSC have been running cruises in Italy since uh, last August and they've carried 60,000 people with no um, major incidents. Uh, I'm sure there's been a a handful but um, you know over here now with with a lot of people being vaccinated at least once that confidence is returning in being able to take a holiday and not be overly concerned. Sure. I, I want to go back to the, the buffet experience for a moment. You were mentioning that you could not serve yourself. So you walk into a buffet, you see what they have to offer, and then you sit down. Is that how it works? When you walk into the, the buffet, you're given a tray and cutlery. And then you go to the first station, you know, say you want a a pizza, you ask for a slice of pizza, they'll put it on the plate, you offer the tray up to them, they put the plate onto the tray. Uh, Now, if if you wanted, I don't know, um, something to go with that, uh, say some salad, then, then you might go to another salad station, 
they would give you a, a separate plate or a bowl with that salad in. So there's no until you sit down and and start eating, you, you're you're not touching the same things. And of course, you know there's a constant. I mean, you know what cruise ships are like anyway. There's hand sanitizers everywhere, mm-hmm. and of course that's yeah. multiplied even more now. So again, we're talking a very low numbers in terms of capacity. Sure. So you have to bear that in mind. That but the buffet experience was working, you know, quite smoothly and in in many ways preferable. Because the one thing I hate on on one of the things I I hate, I suppose, but I <laughs> can't think of others at the moment. But one thing I hate on cruise ships is, um, you know, you see people kind of picking bits of food up and putting them back again and all that oh, kind yeah. of stuff or popping it in their mouths. And so at least you get around that uh, kind of unhygienic uh, pattern that some people seem to fall into. Yeah, there's there's definitely one in every crowd, that's for sure, or one in every sailing, <laughs> I should say. Um, I, I want to ask you, because this ship only called on one port, and while you yeah. were there, you took part in a, I guess, so-called bubble excursion. Was that something you were able to make arrangements uh, in advance? And what exactly was that like when they say bubble? You're just kind of with your cruisers and that's it? So you can book it in advance as, as normal, or you can book it on the ship. So we were taken... From the ship, in terms of a bubble, it's really that you're taken from the ship directly to the coach. The coach has lots of uh, seats that are cordoned off, so uh, there's spacing on the coach. You are required to wear a mask on the coach. We did a photo stop for 10 minutes. They disembark the coach from the back, you know, quite strict order, and then you, you go out, take your photos. And then we went on to um, kind of stately home and there we met the host. We went inside, so we were wearing masks and we walked out into the gardens where we removed the masks because in, in normal UK rules you can. And then went back inside and had a cream tea or so you're sitting down eating, so no masks. And then you're taken back to the ship by the coach. So to that extent, it's one bubble from the moment you leave mm-hmm. to the moment you go back. Sure. You can't break off. Uh, you can't say, oh, I've forgotten something. I need to go to the shops. If you were, I don't know, for some reason, you need to get back to the ship early, they will arrange transport for you at your expense. So it's quite strict. And while we were on this tour, we didn't come into, apart from our hosts at the stately home, um, we didn't come into contact with any other groups or any other uh, public going around the, the same uh, venue. So it was really quite constrained within that that small group. Yeah, remember when we had that group um, bust away in Naples, like when cruising mm-hmm. just started again and uh, MSC sent them packing? They did. And, uh, you know, they make it very clear that... Uh, you would be denied boarding if you if you tried that here. Mm-hmm. So I think the reaction to most cruisers be interesting to know what your listeners think. But uh, the reaction that I saw was mainly you know good for them for for imposing and keeping to the rules. At the moment, if you take a cruise, you kind of know what you're signing up to. You can't expect it to be quite the same as before. Hopefully, things will lighten up pretty soon but at the moment people know what they're signing up to and those that are going tend to be the, the 
the long-term cruisers who are keen to get back to sea and are willing to do that under certain conditions. I want to ask you something off the script real quick. I know, like in my mind, getting back to sea, I have all these memories, 25 years of just kind of carefree, complete bliss, just taking in the ocean air and all that stuff. And not all that is going to go away. I'm also going back and forth about what cruising will be like once we return. Did you have any kind of reservations before you stepped foot on board? Yeah, to a big extent, the last 14 or so months, I've spent almost entirely at home. You know, I've been out a few times. Obviously, there was a time last year where things improved and uh, over here we could we could go out. And I actually went on a very small cruise in Scotland in September last year on a six. Well, there was a nine person boat. So but most of the time I've been within not exactly four walls, but within my home and my wife, we've been walking locally. Everything's really been restricted to a very small area and so even to <laughs> just go out sure. and to be on a ship and to leave the sh- leave the shore and to have those restaurants and bars and shows and lounges again it was just such a good experience that, that i don't think that the restrictions that we realized were were necessary really impinged on my enjoyment I still had the movement of the ship. I still had the sea on the horizon. Mm-hmm. I was still walking through, you know, promenades and there were pubs and bars and lounges to go to. So it isn't the same, but it became fairly routine pretty quickly. And uh, I certainly enjoyed it. Another aspect of cruising that's changing and most people think this is for the better is that dreaded mustard drill. What was that like on this trip? Yeah, well, that was uh, that was a bit odd. So we were told they had the the normal alarm uh, drill we had to go to our cabins and turn on the the tv so there was a muster um like animation uh, going on throughout the day it was on when i first went into the cabin the idea is that you pay attention obviously to the movie that's shown and at the end, uh, there's a, a number that you have to ring to show that you've watched the video. Now, I know a lot of people are going to be thinking, well, how does that prove anything? Because particularly if there's family in the room, are they all really going to be paying attention? But then think how much attention people pay to muster drills anyway. Sure, exactly. Um, you know. If, if you're that conscientious sort of person that's going to pay attention, you will under any circumstances. And if you're not, you won't. And in fact, I find in these big muster drills, when you've got lots of people together, it's actually very distracting for those who are trying to pay attention that other people are talking or mm-hmm. laughing or playing with their phones or whatever. And there doesn't seem to be that kind of regulation from the crew that you might have once expected to tell people to just shut up and be quiet and and pay attention. So I actually preferred watching it in my room. So once you've done that and you've phoned the code through, then you do have to go to your assembly station. Again, obviously, they, they try and keep people socially distant as you do so. So you you go all the usual routine, stairs only, no elevators, uh, and then you uh, go to the assembly station, 
your card is swiped so they know you've attended and that's it so yes the thing is with msc as as you know Doug, is that normally it's uh, a very certainly in europe it's a very pan european line mm-hmm. there's normally about five or six languages given out whereas because this is a uh, uk residents only it was all done in english it was only done once but of course by doing it in your own cabin if you do speak another language it's very easy to switch to that without everyone else sitting through everyone else's languages so it makes it shorter you're not waiting for everyone to turn up which i think is one of the the pains of uh, mustard drills Mm -hmm. as long as you're there and you can watch the video then that's all that's required if you don't phone in that code and if you don't swipe your card at the assembly station obviously the crew will be after you uh, they do check you're in the room as well. So I think it's an advantage. And any misgivings I would have about people not paying attention, I don't think it's any worse than it would be in a normal muster, probably better. Yeah. And we, and we know what it's like sitting on a plane as well. That, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you know, certain people will be very conscientious about taking in the information and other people are sitting there with a laptops or their headphones on or whatever so (laughs) i think it's only when you get the occasional scare like costa concordia that suddenly everyone's paying attention sure yeah well assuming the same protocols play out um over here in america as they did over on your sailing on virtuosa what do you see is the biggest area uh that the cruise lines will have to pay attention to for enforcement this cruise went fairly smoothly i mean the one thing Actually, just starting over here first, the MSC experience, the fares that are sent over here, they are inclusive. So people can can drink basically as much as they like. And I think there is a problem. If people had a few drinks, they may not be as conscientious as they might be when they're stone cold sober. But I think the problem is if you've got the sort of people who say, I won't wear a mask or I won't social distance or whatever, they probably won't get on the cruise in the first place. Mm-hmm. So in terms of enforcement, it's difficult difficult really to, to put a finger on w- what the problem might be. Obviously, it could be masks, it could be social distances, it could be mixing of groups. At the moment in the UK, we have a rule that only two households or a maximum of six people can sit together inside. I think that was adhered to on the ship, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't swear on it. You know, people are used to being on cruises and and socially mixing with other people. To me, if the vaccinations required, that's a pretty low risk. But you can't eliminate risk. You know, we can't mm-hmm. we can't fool ourselves into thinking there won't be the odd case reported because I'm sure there will be. But the question is, you know, all life is a risk and it's the amount of risk that we're all willing to take. Hopefully new variants and all the rest of it won't inhibit uh, the opening up of, of cruising again. Um, but I think as if everyone is sensible, and you hope they are, we can do this. And it's great to see more positive news coming out of the States now with Alaska and you know, movement on terms of the CDC regulations and everything else. So let's hope that this really is a new dawn and and we can all be sailing again soon. 
Absolutely. Well, I want to ask you, actually, I want to go back to uh, kind of the food experience because I noticed mm. some pictures you posted um, and it was like a robot bar. So I want you yeah. to share that experience because it was like this this white robot that was, was he making drinks or what was he doing? Yeah, so it's uh, a bit of a, it's like the Royal Caribbean uh, bionic bar, but this is a humanoid robot. So it has a face and arms doesn't have legs it swivels around on a central basis but um yeah so this robot called rob who's apparently traveled over several galaxies to get a job on a cruise ship what happens is you go to a, a panel like a huge ipad uh, at the side of the bar you choose your drink and you pay for it uh, with your card and then it says uh, you know it's being prepared you walk over, Rob will be spinning around. So the arms go up, he'll take a, a shot of spirit, he'll pour a mixer, he'll even get a cocktail um, shaker and, and move that, uh, agitate that. And then he will pour the uh, finished drink into a cocktail glass, uh, which then kind of comes towards you a bit like the Bionic Bar ones. It's not inexpensive it's uh 18 pounds i'm not quite sure that is in dollars but um it's one of these one-off experiences that you have on cruise ships uh where you get a headline feature that you might use once a cruise but it's mm -hmm. it's a good laugh and i should mention as well that that rob does have a line in banter uh he does talk to you as he prepares the drink um and he talks uh, several languages as well so Whatever uh, card you sign in for, it will uh, work out what language you you talk, and it will talk to you in your own language. So it's it's good fun. It's one of those you know headline grabbing fun features uh, that uh, you might use once a cruise, but um, otherwise you can stay around watching other people do it completely free, of course. Yeah. So eighteen pounds is twenty five US. Right. Yeah. So, wow, that's an expensive cocktail. But I guess, like you said, it's like an experience. So I I'm curious, though, like when I was on the inaugural for Quantum of the Seas, they had the um, bionic bar there and they had these mm. this team of engineers from the bionics lab um, that was making sure it was doing the right thing and not, um, I guess, uh, you know, going out of control. Where, where is it? Was this thing being babysat since it was the first cruise? It wasn't. Uh, I understand they spent five or six years on this and there wasn't any apparent glitches. I think I probably was with you on Quantum, Doug, because yep, I remember sure. they did have problems there with mm -hmm. the Bionic Bar as well as a few other things. But, um, yeah, it seemed to go smoothly. I'm sure it's been uh, tested uh, you know, many, many times before it went on the ship. As far as I could see, it was working perfectly okay. I walked past at about five in the morning and Rob was taking a nap. His uh, <laughs> little eyes, you know, had a, awesome. had a, they were kind of posed in sleep. <laughs> um, so yes, it's, it's good fun. I mean, there are a lot of combinations of drinks you can have. It's quite impressive and it's, you know, it's good love. I mean, I've had people say to me on Twitter, Oh, well, you know, it's nothing like a, a real barman. And well, of course it isn't. Exactly. It's a bit of fun. <laughs> so, uh, yes, it's one of those diverting things. There are things within this um, bar that children can play with and all the rest of it. So, so, and you can have non-alcoholic drinks as well. So, um, 
No, it's, it's, it's a bit of fun. Now, you mentioned that with MSC, that in, the, in the UK at least, they sell the fare in packages where drinks are included. So if your drinks yes. were included, is that still extra? As usual, there are exemptions okay, to these gotcha. things. And, and the, the drinks uh, from Rob are extra. Okay. And there are what they call – so premium drinks are sure. included. Premium plus drinks aren't. And uh, I think there's exceptions with the minibar and all that. So uh, there are different packages you can get, but the the basic package that you get with your fare covers what they call premium drinks. Sure. But uh, you know these cruise lines, they they have different definitions. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in closing, Dave, instead of final thoughts of the cruise itself, I'd like to hear your final thoughts of where the cruise industry is as we speak. And based on the cruise you just did, how do you think things are going to progress over the next few months? Well, fingers firmly crossed. Let's hope that this is the start of a resumption of cruising. There are certainly, as you know, Doug, lots of cruises lined up to be starting in the next few months and we've gone Mm -hmm. from that stage of dates that you just wouldn't believe because they they seem too soon now there are concrete plans being put in place set dates there's cruises being set up in greece and in the bahamas the caribbean and let's hope soon there's obviously plans now for alaska out of seattle And let's hope that uh, the other U.S. ports will open up soon. I think um, now with vaccination progressing and the CDC taking more on board the progress that's been made in the last 14 months, that uh, we can only hope, as I said before, that this is a new dawn and that we can soon be sailing again. It might not be quite as we are used to it to begin with but we can only hope that things get better that nothing comes along to knock it off course again and that we can once again see each other and fly fly to <laughs> countries <Absolutely>. without <laughs> testing and quarantine and everything else um, yes. so Let's let's hope for that. Amen, my friend. We've been talking with travel writer Dave Monk. You can follow him on Twitter at ShipMonk, S-H-I-P-M-O-N-K. Lots of photos there over his past four days on MSC Virtuosa. Also, his blog at shipmonk.co.uk. Is that right, Dave? That's correct, yes. Dave, thank you so much for taking the time to come on and talk about your four-night sailing on MSC Virtuosa. I know that uh, you're super slammed with radio interviews and assignments and everything, so I appreciate you carving out just a little bit of time for us here at Cruise Radio on behalf of the audience and myself. Thanks, buddy. Yes, and I hope to see you on the ship soon, Doug. All right, Dougie, let's see what we got for you, buddy. Cruise Radio is produced at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Get cruise news, ship reviews, and money-saving tips every Thursday on Cruise Radio. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show. If you want to help spread the word, give Cruise Radio a five-star review. Find Cruise Radio where you listen to your favorite podcast or online at CruiseRadio.net. I'm your announcer. 
Summer camp is a magic place where kids discover who they are because they have the freedom to explore on their own. Why Camp at Horse Thief Reservoir is a sleepaway camp in the heart of Idaho's wilderness. Each summer, campers make friends, build new skills, and learn to love the outdoors through activities like canoeing, archery, zip lining, rock climbing, campfires, and more. Registration for Why Camp at Horse Thief Reservoir is open. Financial assistance is available. Learn more at whycampidaho.org.